Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Thank you, sister. Please open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. Our text begins in verse 13, goes all the way through chapter 5, verse 11. Uh, Now, I won't read that whole passage, but I would like for you to do it, spend some time in it, uh, if you will, over the next week uh, uh, in our study through uh, the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are, uh, I'm getting some echo up here, so it may be the monitors, if you'll take, there you go. But anyway, uh, we're going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we're just kind of setting up camp right here, dealing with the Lord's return. This is the third message in the series of the Lord's return, and if you didn't hear the first two, you can find them on our podcast, or you can pick them up in the lobby when you leave, always, always free of charge. We don't sell anything around this church. Uh, The Lord has blessed us, and... uh, uh, we just don't think that's how you raise money. Uh, so anyway, uh, maybe I needed to throw that in for somebody. Hey, uh, Paul begins, should have your Bibles open to 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 13. Paul begins uh, by saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep in Christ. Now he's talking about Christians who have passed away, Christians who have died. And we know this, that as Christians, it always hurts to lose a loved one. No matter how much faith you have, no matter how committed you are, no matter how dedicated you are, no matter how dedicated your loved one was to the Lord, it always hurts. It's always difficult. There's always sorrow involved. It's always hard to say that final goodbye to a person. But Paul wanted the Thessalonian church... And the Holy Spirit wanted us to know what happens to Christians when they die. What actually happens to a Christian when they die. And knowing what happens to Christians when they die brings hope, as we find in this passage of Scripture. It brings comfort. Knowing that those who have died in Christ, that their souls do not die. They go immediately into the presence of the Lord. Here's the passage, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus." And you understand that expression, sleep in Jesus, means they have died, they have passed away. Now, in the first two messages, we made this very clear, but there's no way that's possible unless we completely understand that the body and the soul are not one and the same. 
that when the physical body dies, the soul, the living part of man, does not die. It's separated from the body. It goes immediately into the presence of the Lord. That's, that's what the Scripture teaches. The real person, the conscious, aware, alert, alive part of the person does not go to the grave. It is separated from the body. It goes immediately into the presence of the Lord. And then what Paul tells us in this passage of Scripture is that one day when Jesus returns, He will bring them with Him. There will be a great Christian reunion day one day in the heavens. All the Christians who have uh, uh, died and are already in heaven with the Lord will come back with Him when He returns. All the Christians of earth will ascend. We will meet in the air. There will be a great reunion day. Now, with that in mind, I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about a subject that you may have never heard from the pulpit. I want to talk to you about cremation. I want to talk to you about uh, whether a person should be cremated or not. And the reason I want to do this is because for 40 years of ministry, I've been asked over and over and over and over by people, should I be cremated? Or should I not be cremated? Or should a loved one be cremated? What does the Bible say? Do we have any leadership or guidance from the Scripture on the subject? This morning, I want to seek to do with you publicly, as I have done with people personally, I want to talk about cremation. But first, and in order to get us ready for it, I want us to read verse 16, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. It says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And then it says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now friends, when this scripture that I've just read to you is fulfilled, when that moment in time comes, when it actually happens, and one day it will happen, when it takes place, When that trumpet of God sounds, when that voice of the archangel is heard, when the heavens are filled with shouts of praise for our Lord, when that actual moment takes place, the first thing that will happen will be this. The bodies of those who have died in Christ, now remember their souls are already in the presence of the Lord, their bodies will be raised from the dead. Their bodies will come up out of the grave. And for this reason, I have said this for many, many, many years. You've probably heard me say this from the pulpit at one time or another. If I'm still in my physical body, when our Lord Jesus returns, I want to be in a cemetery when it happens. I want to be in a graveyard somewhere. Now, I've heard people say, I want to be in church when Jesus comes back. I want to be singing His praise 
when He comes back. I've even heard preachers say, I want to be preaching when Jesus comes back. And that's well and good. And I don't think any of us would complain if Jesus returned and interrupted this service today and were to come back for His church. Would anybody be disappointed? Well, if you would be, we'll have an altar call in a few minutes. And, and uh, you can get right with the Lord right here at the front. Now, so being in church or being preaching or singing, all that would be just absolutely wonderful. But for me, I want to be in a cemetery somewhere. Can, can, would you imagine with me just for a moment? Let's just think about this. What if we were all in a cemetery somewhere, maybe having a, a funeral service, uh, laying the body of some precious saintly man or woman to rest, and we're there having our service... And then all of a sudden, it gets real quiet. A strange awareness comes over us that something's going on in the heavenlies. All of a sudden, the air is filled with joyful shouts of praise. We've never heard anything so beautiful in all of our lives. Time seems to stand still as the trumpet of God echoes through the nations. Not just with our physical ears, but with our hearts. We hear the voice of the archangel saying, Behold, He is coming on the clouds, and every eye will see Him. Oh, that time has come. It gets louder and louder. It gets closer and closer. And there we are. I'm sure we wouldn't be chattering away. There we are, and the ground begins to rumble and shake. Tombstones and slabs begin to topple over and roll. The ground above each Christian grave begins to pulsate upward and begin to open. And we're there watching it all. We're there watching all. And here's the good part. We're not scared. We're not nervous. We are not worried. And the reason I know that is because in the next chapter, this is part of our text, 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 says, But you, brethren, are not in the darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. We've been looking for this day. We've been longing for this day. We've been praying for this day. It is our eternal hope of glory. And we would be there watching it. Man, I tell you, we'd have a grin on our face, wouldn't we? And then all of a sudden, they start coming out of the grave. One by one, standing up on their feet. Oh, friends, this is, this is nothing like Halloween at all. There's nothing spooky or scary about this at all. These bodies are glowing. These bodies are beautiful. These bodies are perfect. These bodies are glorious. The most beautiful bodies we've ever seen in our lives. We've never seen anything on earth like this. This is scriptural, folks. And then those who come up out of that grave will join us and we will all be looking heavenward for our returning King as He comes into view. I, I like that song, I'm going to get carried away when I get carried away. 
<laughs> I love that. Man, wow. This, I tell you, it's going to be a great day. Now, let's, let's just hold on right there, because I'm going to come back there in just a moment. But the first thing I want you to understand is, all of this does not happen simultaneously. It does not all happen at one time. Let me give you a scripture. Verse 16, again, just a little statement out of verse 16. And the dead in Christ will rise, say it with me. It says the dead in Christ will rise first. Now listen, you don't have to be a theologian to understand this. When it says the dead in Christ will rise first, that means there's order. It means something's going to happen before everything else happens. Something will happen first, and then something will happen second, and then something else will happen. The dead in Christ will rise first. The bodies of Christians will be raised first. We're going to be standing there if we were at a cemetery... And we're going to see their bodies come out of the grave. Now you know why I want to be in a cemetery when this happens. This is going to be an awesome sight. Now, for this reason, I believe that when Christians are, die and are buried, their bodies should be respectfully laid to rest for the purpose of waiting for the resurrection day. Now remember, the conscious soul, the real person, will not be in that body. The soul, the living soul, will be in the presence of the Lord, and the body is laid to, waste, uh, laid to rest, waiting for that glorious resurrection day. Now just so you know, I haven't come up with this all on my own. This is one of the earliest Christian beliefs and traditions. Did you know that the very first colony that was founded in America, Jamestown, Virginia, in 1607. I did some research. Did you know that they buried people facing east? And we still do that in most of our cemeteries today. We bury people facing east. Why? Because they believed that one day something special was going to happen in the eastern sky. Here it is, Matthew 24, 27. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Let me read a couple of articles for you. Here's the first one. The traditional Christian method of positioning the coffin or shroud-covered body in the grave was to have the body with the head to the west, feet to the east. The body was placed face up. That would be facing east. When it was not practical to use the west-east position for the grave, a north-south positioning was the next best option. There the body would be laid on its side, head to the north, and facing east. Somebody went to some trouble to, to, to think about this. Can you imagine being buried on your side? Here's another article. Christians adopted a practice of burying their dead facing east because the scripture teaches 
that at the Messiah's second coming into Jerusalem, he will approach from the east, and then he gives scripture, therefore Christians who believed they would be resurrected at the second coming of Christ gave instructions to have their bodies buried facing east so they might greet Jesus face to face at his second coming. I like it. I'm traditional. That's why I want to be buried, not cremated. I want to be buried facing east. Now, I'm not going to be in my body, and you won't either. But I still want it to be facing east, ready and waiting for that glorious day. Now, don't get all upset with me and move your membership to another church (laughs) if you have a Christian faithful loved one who's been cremated. Trust me, God can handle it. The God who created the universe, the God who made everything out of nothing, will have no problem getting all those scattered particles back together again. I just don't want him to have to look for me when that day comes. I want to be all in one place. Maybe this will help you. I got this off the Billy Graham uh, ministry website. At the resurrection, it will not make any difference whether a person's body has been buried or cremated. God knows how to raise the body, either in the resurrection of life or the resurrection of condemnation. By the way, do you know everybody will eventually be resurrected? Some to life, some to condemnation. The new body of a Christian will be a radically changed, glorified body like the body of the exalted Christ. It will be an eternal spiritual body, never again to experience weakness, disease, suffering, or death. Amen! And I believe all of that. I still want to be buried facing east. And I still believe there's a greater message in the ceremony of burying the body facing east, waiting for the resurrection. Now you know where I stand on that. Now let's go back to the cemetery. What if we were all in the cemetery? And what if it were to happen? And we're there and we're watching all of this. And now those resurrected, glorified bodies of those saints who are already in heaven have now come out of their graves. Now, I can, I, you might have a hundred uh, questions for me and I don't have the answers for you. I'm just telling you what we know the Scripture says. What, they come out of there. Here we are. Here we are. We're in the cemetery. They've come out of their graves. They've got these beautiful, magnificent, glowing, glorious, uh, spiritual bodies like nothing we've ever seen before. And here we are. I mean, we don't look so good (laughs) compared to them. So what about us? Paul answers that question when he writes 
to the Corinthian church, and this is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 54. Follow along as I read. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now friends, in everyday language, that means that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We cannot go to heaven in the state we're in right now. The best of us wouldn't be able to go to heaven in the state we're in right now. It just wouldn't work. The earthly and the heavenly are are not compatible. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. Now there is no understanding this on a human level. Paul doesn't even try. He just says it's a mystery. You just have to believe it. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. They're going to come out of the graves incorruptible. Now listen, the reason so many people believe that the whole rapture scenario is going to happen like, boom, and we're gone, is because of this passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture doesn't say it's going to all happen simultaneously. It says there's one thing that's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye, and you know what it is? You will be changed at that moment, if we were in the cemetery, you'll be standing there, you'll be looking at these glorious, glorified spiritual bodies, and then, like a flash of lightning, you will be changed. God will change you. He'll change me. We'll go through a marvelous, miraculous metamorphosis, if you please. We will be changed. Not long ago, my grandson Henry looked at me. You, know, you can tell when your children or your grandchildren got something on their minds, can't you? He really looked at me. And he finally said, Papa, can I ask you a question? I said, sure you can, son. You can ask me any question you want to ask me. He said, Papa... He said, were you better looking when you were young? <laughs> so help me. I said, no, son. I said, this is about as good as it's ever been right here. <laughs> This is it. But you listen to me because what I'm telling you right now is based on the teachings of the Word of God. There is a glorious, handsome, beautiful version of me that you have not seen yet. <clears throat> I got news for you. You're going to look a lot better yourself. I'll walk up to you one day and I'll say, is that really you? And you're going to smile real big and say, yep, it's me. I'm going to say, my, what an improvement. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? By the way, for all of you really, really, really beautiful people out there, 
I, I think when the Lord makes this change, He's going to let the rest of us just be a little bit more beautiful than you, so you'll know how it feels. <laughs> no, I really don't believe that. But, but if God's open for suggestions, I'm going to throw that one in there. Just, just in case. And we shall be changed. I'm telling you, when that trumpet sounds, when the voice of the archangel is heard, when, uh, when, when the Lord returns, when those graves open, the rest of us, if we're alive, we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We will be gloriously changed. Verse 53 says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. God's going to do something with us. Verse 54, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. That'll make an old preacher want to dance. Woo! Can, can we just stop right there just for a moment and just rejoice? Because i got to tell you, friends, I honestly believe what I'm about to tell you. I believe that we read over these Scriptures and we don't let the truth of what we're reading sink into our heads and our hearts. A, a little bit slower. These corruptible bodies will become incorruptible. What does that mean? Think about that. I looked up the words to see what it means. The word corruptible means decaying, perishing, afflicted, inflicted. That's what we are. Right now, we're decaying and perishing. We have all kinds of afflictions. The word incorruptible in our text means something that never decays, never perishes, and is never afflicted or inflicted. Yeah! Now Hollywood has made millions off movies about superheroes that are indestructible and don't have the physical limitations that the rest of us have. Now I just got to tell you, I actually like some of these movies. They're entertaining. I still think, I'm old school now, but I still think Superman's the greatest hero of all. I think he's the best superhero. But think about it. You got, you got Superman. You got Iron Man. You got Wonder Woman. You got Batman. You got Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of my grandchildren have gone through the stage where they go around going, <sighs> trying to throw the, the web out there. You got Captain America? Supergirl. Now listen, friend. That's comic book stuff. That's just comic book stuff. But what I'm sharing with you today is not fiction. It's not comic books. It's not Hollywood. 
It's reality. It's the Word of God. One of these glorious days for every individual who has repented of their sins and trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's coming a glorious, hallelujah, instant, miraculous change in their lives and they will become incorruptible and indestructible. Do you know the extent of this incorruption and, 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 and who we will be? It says our bodies will be likened to that of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something, friends. You can think about all your superheroes you want to, but when you're changed, your favorite super, superhero will be no match for you. You're going to be beyond it. You know, Hollywood can think up some stuff, can't they? But they can't hang with the Word of God. It's better than anything they've ever produced. And one of these glorious days, there will be a Flash. By the way, isn't there a superhero named Flash? Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. There will be a Flash, and in that moment, in that not the blink of an eye, but the twinkling of an eye, at the speed of light, you and I and every child of God who's still alive on planet earth will be instantly, gloriously changed and we will look just like those beautiful creatures that have just come out of the graves. We will be changed. And that's exciting. And for all of you old folks here, for all of us old folks here, if superheroes don't interest you, maybe this will. No more sinus problems. <laughs> no more cancer. No more indigestion in the middle of the night. No more surgeries. R really and truly, I want to ask you, how many of you have had more surgeries than you can count? Hold your hand up. Look here. Look at some of you have had so many surgeries you can't even remember them all. You go to the doctor's office and says, list all your surgeries. Wow. No more surgery. No more arthritis. Come on, anybody here interested in that? My, my wife has rheumatoid arthritis. I give her two shots a week. Uh, we've been doing this for years to help her. No more shots. Diabetics, listen to me. No more shots. Forget about the superheroes. Just no more shots. No more headaches. No more COPD. No more sickness. No more sickness of any kind. Never another toothache. Earache. Never another pain in the neck. Or pain in the back. Or pain lower than that. <laughs> Just saying, no more. Why? Because we will be changed. We will be changed. One of these days, the trumpet will sound. The trumpet will sound. The voice of the archangel will be heard. The heavens will shout. Our Lord will descend. Graves will open. Bodies will resurrect. 
Those who are alive will be instantly and gloriously changed. And then we will begin our flight. We will take our flight. By the way, when your body is changed, gravity will have no hold on you anymore. I'm just asking, what if? What if? See, I think all this is in the Scriptures for a reason. What if? Before this day is done, and it could happen, friends. What if, before this day is done, somewhere, wherever you are, you hear from the heavens something like this? I believe with all my heart, and I'm talking to Christians now, I believe that God has put this stuff in the Word for us, for us to read, for us to meditate on, for us to become so keenly aware of what the Scripture says, and that God wants us to live by faith, not just seeing the physical world around us, but gazing into the future and seeing a day when the promise of God, just like all of His promises have come true, when this promise of God will actually take place. And we are to live our lives like we really believe He's coming back. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we love You today. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Lord, that we have that eternal... Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.